The underdog is howling. Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Welcome in to the final Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast alongside the Bear. Beautiful friend. Singing in the back. We we couldn't. We couldn't get we couldn't get the doors cleared. Couldn't get boys to men end of the road. Couldn't get any of that good stuff. That would have been a good one too. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, as long as they were singing, not us. How we doing, my man? We're good. Yeah. No, we, we're we're good. No, we're. Uh, I, I actually I'm good, but I'm bitter. Yeah. Which is not surprising. I'm still I'm I'm so pissed off because I should be up at least one game, probably two games in the Circa Invitational. I had both the Jets and the Bucks. Both which were dead nut right side, and then the Bucks probably played the worst quarter of football uh, I've seen in my lifetime to to cost me that game. And the Jets are the Jets. A day so after of, the worst half, maybe by the Colts. Man. I had the Colts actually in the contest too. Three and a half. We, we, yeah, yeah, it was three right. and a half. So I, I, I was yeah. So at halftime, I was like, oh, we're good here. And then, uh, boy, but yeah, so we're 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 tied with uh. Teammate for another ten days, Doug Kazarian. Oh, uh, did you circuit. did you bet France live in the World Cup final? No, no. I uh, I bet Argentina live to win in regulation, which okay. uh, did not go. Which continued that. See, that started the miserable Sunday. I was going to say, where, yeah. Well, Argentina that. took the lead, and I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in here. And then they led two nil, and I'm like, all right, I'm mm. gonna, I'm gonna hop in a little more here, okay. and uh, yeah, and then uh, they tied that it up happened. and, yeah, that happened, and you have and Sunday I, got Sunday got worse. I would always check it out, obviously watching the games when my schedule's perfect time watching all of them, but you have told way too many horror stories of betting soccer live, yeah. for me to actually. Click that button and get yeah. in live. So um, yeah, I do it, appreciate it, the listeners. I know have heard those stories and appreciated them. So you did scare me off because that would that would have been the ultimate. Seeing how much momentum was in there. Oh, totally. You know, it, it was. Uh, I, I had some. Uh, I had some good ones, and and I had some uh, some bad. But I think Portugal was my arch rival mm. uh, in in this tournament because I, I had on, on Thanksgiving. I had that nice under against Ghana, and then the ref called the bull penalty against uh, Ghana, which gave Ronaldo a kick, and that opened up the floodgates. And then uh, there was another Portugal game, which just went flying over the total, which didn't didn't treat me right. So it was a uh, it was a net negative for the World Cup this year, which uh, which stunk because I, I love I love betting that. But you know what? You know what's going to get coming up soon enough? Australian Open, okay. sleepless night, sleepless nights in Melbourne. There you go. And that's when we get going. Locked and loaded on some tennis coming up. All right, we got uh, a ton to get to. Obviously, we'll we'll talk in the back end about, you know, it, it being the end of a run. But I do want to tell people, most importantly, the return. We got a steamer. We do. We I know. have a steamer. I'm going to try and go these chronological order uh, days and times. Uh, hopefully, our guy Schwink can get this up as fast as possible because I do want to talk about tonight's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 9 Eastern, it's the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Really good game. 
Western Kentucky, South Alabama. There's a lot to get to. It's in the Superdome. You don't have to worry about weather. I do have a game that you should keep an eye on weather because yes. there's a total and spread that are flying down uh, that we'll get to. But South Alabama's a great team this year. Their only two losses are to Troy and UCLA. And I think it was ten, you know, one possession game on like a Wednesday night against Troy. And then I was the one person that watched their game against UCLA early in the year. And they they should have won it. They they screwed it up with a call late and that propelled UCLA to get some momentum and go down and get a game winning field goal. The number is three and a half, fifty seven and a half. South Alabama, I, like like I said, they've taken care of business. They play good defense. Western Kentucky's one of these teams that you're gonna have a lot of the same nuances about, right? Their their quarterback, Reed, went in the portal. People thought he was going to Louisville. Now he's back. Now he's playing. Uh, they've got some offensive linemen in the portal. I, I don't think their status is going to be about. So the, it feels like there's more stability with South Alabama. The total's 57.5. Anytime Western Kentucky's involved in a game, you would have to think about the over, and that's, that's where I would lay here uh, with this one, Bear. Yeah, I'd lean towards South Alabama if it, uh, in, if you're playing this game tonight, uh, mainly because I just think uh, you're probably going to get a little bit more of a, a home field edge. You've got a team that uh, hasn't had a whole lot of like landmark bowl wins to kind of hang their hat on in, in their short tenure uh, as an FBS team. I think the number has come down, obviously, with the news about Reed uh, mm-hmm. coming back. But I, I, I like... Um, I like South Alabama in this game. Didn't put it in the column, but if you're watching tonight, uh, that that's where I would be. Very good. All right, let's move to Thursday. Uh, that's where it starts to go, and this is where we have our – or no, that's Friday. Never mind. Thursday, Baylor Air Force uh, at TCU's home field. I know people have talked about it, but it is pretty eye-opening for Baylor defending Big 12 champions. You see that heartbreaker lost to TCU. Now TCU's in the playoff, and Baylor's going to play a a bowl game in (laughs) TCU's stadium. And weather. It looks like it's going to be severely cold here. I was looking it up like, you know, they have the temperature, and then it feels like Mm -hmm. it looks like it's going to feel like 12 degrees. Uh, 7.30 Eastern kick. Baylor's down to minus 3.5 in the total 43. And this has a ton of layers. Uh, you know, Baylor fired a defensive coordinator. It sounds like Aranda's going to call the defense. You would think as a Baylor backer and Aranda believer, you would love that. I do. But there's, it, this isn't the Baylor teams that we thought, that we got accustomed to last year, where you could rely on that defense and played solid football. They've been up and down. Uh, a bunch of losses to end the season. And as much as I like their offense, I still think it's tricky because they need the run to get going. Air Force, good. I know they their numbers are... Um, adjusted because of the competition they play but they started off four and one lost two out of three and then I want to say they won their last four to get to nine and three they got a chance to win 10 games here so this is my I, I just always take the service academies bear in in these bowl games uh you don't have to worry about motivation I think your teams are going to be prepared are they limited yes is Baylor also uh, you know re- nice and creative on offense yes but I just like the elements playing in these elements of Air Force, and I got it at seven when it opened, so mm-hmm. now it's three and a half. I, you could do what you want. Um, you know, Maybe if you want to take a shot at, at Air Force money line, you're not getting value there, but I, I think Air Force wins the game. I really do. Yeah, and if you go back over the last 10 years as well, 
I mean, service academies, to your point, 13 and three against the number in bowl games, uh, five and one as dog. So, I mean, the numbers are there. And you, and you hit on some of the layers there as well. Factor in the wind, factor in the weather, factor in its TCU's home field, and factor in that you have to face an academy in that type of weather. So you know what you're going to be getting every single now. And also, uh, there are some rumblings out there, too, about some additional Baylor players who will not mm. be playing in the game uh, and opting out. So they, they, if you still see three and a half or four out there, I would I would take it before it goes down to a three because you and I are on the same page here with Air Force. Very good. Sports Center to follow after that game with Mr. Van Pelt. <laughs> uh, and it, <laughs> how, how, did, um, how did he wind up on the year, by the way? Oh, only 22 over 500. Oh, it Wait. sounds like me in the column. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's been a good, right. good. good I'm just, us. I'm just riding coattails here, loving it. As long as I'm over 500, I'm happy. Exactly. Uh, and we, we, I think we almost got to 10 over. Uh, I think it ended up. It's a hell of a year. That's anyway. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on you with about is the idea now of, you know, back in the day it was Joe Paterno, great in bowl games. Kyle Hittingham, obviously, always been that's been always brought up. I think. We're going to start to go away from that, knowing that these coaches can't control who's on the roster mm-hmm. the time, you know, by the time the bowl game you know, goes away. And, and this idea of just the coach's criticism, you see, I mean, ever since Twitter, I, I get tweets now from people I don't even follow, and that's been a lot of fun to cipher through. But this coaching – like, I just – I can't do it with the coaching criticism. I will say this. If you're going to criticize coaches, have you ever coached a minute in your life? Anything, anything, just just think about that um, when you're getting criticism for whatever you're doing and not liking it as much. It's just so you're, all you're, I wanted you're, to say because you're a big you're a big fan too of uh, like the changes in Twitter where all of a sudden you're getting like people who you don't follow up in the timeline who randomly comment about something on a yeah that's that's been it's been good and it's in, also horrible because oh. I can't believe how much people tweet. I know it's yes, you know, correct. and then like just, I mean, World Cup, first half, how how those tweets go? During mute, the mute, mute, not interested. <laughs> I don't not even have time to mute them. There's so much though. It's, That's it, the problem. It, 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 that, exactly. You wake up in the morning and it's like, who the hell is this? Like, just scroll up yeah. and get out of my feed. Uh, all right, that's Thursday, uh, December twenty second. Friday, December twenty third. We got two games, including the steamer, which I'm bare. I'm gonna I'm gonna admit it surprised me. It surprised, it surprised me, me, and the steamer is Houston minus seven. The total is fifty-seven, but the steamer is Houston. I get it. I, I just I yeah, wonder I, I, is Tune playing? Yes. I've heard I've heard rumbles I've, there. I've heard I've heard Dell and Tune are both playing. Okay, well that makes you feel a lot better back in Houston. Everybody's gonna talk about Holgerson and bowl games. And that stuff, I get it. To me, it's the other team. Like, how capable is Louisiana? We saw them obviously take a step back with the coaching change this year. The roster changed over. A lot of their guys left. Some of them went to Florida. Some of them went other places. But I, I, don't, I don't like the game. I will offer the steamer is Houston minus seven. Yeah, can, can, can I offer the, the addendum on the quote as well following <laughs> the steamer? I would be accused of being a homer on UGA minus six and a half. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there you go. There, there, there might be your uh, your, your 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 steer minor steamer. Your 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 to 
team it up on the uh, the parlay mm. steamer. There you it's go. weird because I didn't like you. I didn't like Houston in this game. I mean, if you look at how poor uh, Dana Holgerson's teams have been uh, in bowl games in the five games that his teams have been favored uh, with him as a head coach, they've lost five. Uh, they've lost three of them outright. Uh, two by double digits, and the two wins were by one and four points. Uh, if you look at their last five bowl games, period, uh, they've lost by at least two touchdowns in four of them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know if it's opt, I don't know if it's opt outs, whatever. But the way Houston played this year, I would love to see the head dog go out with the win here mm. on, our, on our final pod. But I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not feeling the steamer. I'll that's, put it to you uh, that way. That's three o'clock Eastern ESPN. Independence Stadium, Shreveport, Louisiana. That is the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. So there is your steamer. Later that evening, 6.30 ESPN, Raymond James Stadium, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Two interesting teams here. Uh, Wake Forest is minus one against Missouri. The total is 58.5. I look at Missouri and a lot of turnover going on there, and and Coach Drake is – has 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 been yapping a ton going to the Kansas basketball game, holding up signs, being in Lawrence last week. Uh, not a lot of fans of coach over Screw there. Screw that, that, by the way, man. Why are they, they should be playing Kansas? Yeah, it's a joke. Mm. I mean, these games are put made for television exhibitions. Give the fans of both Kansas and Missouri something to be excited about. Kansas hasn't been to a bowl in forever, and play play. Why it's stupid. That they're not playing each other. That you could have easily had the Big Twelve SEC matchup in this bowl game, and they're not playing. And that's it. They're not. It's not great. It's not great. Uh, I look at Wake Forest in this game, one and four to close the year. Um, Clawson's been all right, four and two in the last six bowl games. You know, fortunate to get uh, Rutgers last year, uh, but they do have two corners in the portal. Hartman's gone for three over three hundred and nine of their. 11 games he's played. The key number here is 30, and that's points scored because Wake Forest is 5-0 and when they've given up uh, 30 or fewer, and Missouri's only scored 33 times. That is against mm-hmm. Louisiana Tech, New Mexico State, Abilene Christian. ton of guys on that out on that great Missouri defensive line, which is one of the real pleasant surprises this year. I did not see that coming, and those guys – uh, played their butts off this year and kept them in a lot of games and won them, you know, enough games and, and getting that final win over Arkansas to get here. I lean uh, Wake Forest here because I feel like I know what I'm getting more. It's not going to be pretty. We know the defense has been bad. Uh, over 1,500 yards in their last three games they gave up, mm-hmm. yeah. and they Off. gave up 30 or more in the last five games. So I feel like they could do some patchwork with some time. I always trust Clawson in, in a coaching situation. Uh, I do appreciate uh, Coach Drake on the field when he's got his team going. I just the consistency of Missouri's offense without uh, Levitt too, who's in the portal, who's I think they ended up their number one pass catcher. I, I think this is going to be a fun game. I do look at the total, but to me, it's that Missouri offense and the consistency of it. So I lean Wake Forest there. Yeah, I do too. I mean, we've seen Wake Forest put up offense, put up points on uh, good defenses like like Clemson, and now you have an opportunity here to face a Missouri defense, which was statistically good this year, but uh, also uh, now without a bunch of guys in who are, who are in the portal. So, uh, yeah, I would um, I would lean towards taking Wake Forest here as well. Maybe a Wake Forest team total over uh, might be the play mm. as well. No super feel 
uh, on the on the side, but it it does feel it does kind of feel like Missouri's Missouri's game was beat Arkansas, beat 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 an SEC rival, mm-hmm. and now you're kind of I don't want to say tapped out, mm-hmm. but you're you're in a position here where I I don't know how much this and maybe Coach Drink kind of got a sense of that. Uh, not wanting to play Kansas in a bowl game where he kind of felt that he uh, his team might be uh, not ready for this, knowing that the influx of uh, portals was coming as well. So I, I would lean towards Wake Forest, uh, assuming that Hartman is indeed playing. Yeah, that's, you know, he said some comments about not knowing what he's going to do after uh, this game, but I'm I'm on Wake Forest in that one. All right, now we get into a little bit of the not All right, sexy. 7-1 first leg at Gulfstream. Beautiful. Love there we it. go. Lock it in. Uh, the not-so-pretty games, stop me if you want to say anything on these. Mm-hmm. Saturday, Christmas Eve, Honolulu, Hawaii, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, Middle Tennessee, San Diego State, San Diego State minus seven, total 49. Thoughts? Yeah, I kind of I look toward, uh, towards taking middle on this game. Okay. I mean, I know, the, I know the Aztecs offense was a little bit better as the year went on. Um, but still, they struggled against Air Force, just a field goal, 14 against UNLV. And I don't think this is the type of team that we were used to seeing from San Diego State. We used to know they're going to have a great defense, have a great running back, and this is not uh, that era-type San Diego State team. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, caveat being, uh, maybe maybe Middle Tennessee does treat this game as a vacation, and maybe you don't want to take the seven at the start. Maybe you want to wait until kick uh, to see what goes on. But but, it, but given that uh, San Diego State has struggled offensively, uh, if you're looking to play this game going in, I would look at taking the points. Didn't Middle go to this game last year and not be able to play? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's That's got to bring back some bad memories. Well, maybe that's good. They got the vacation yeah. in last year, so now they're ready to play. <laughs> two trips, two trips <laughs> to Hawaii in less than a year. That's more than I got I, in my I, life. I, I was going to say you and me both. I, you, you, you and me zero. Well, I shouldn't say zero for you. Do you have one or zero? Zero. Yeah, same with me. Yep. Rick Stock still two. Baron Stanford Steve zero. <laughs> All right, now you get your NFL dose. Of the weekend, that's going to take out the majority of Saturday and Sunday. Monday, 2.30 Eastern, the Quick Lane Bowl, New Mexico State versus Bowling Green, Ford Field in Detroit. (laughs) Man, if you told me a year ago at this time, Bowling Green was going to be favored in a bowl game. Bowling Green, minus 3.5, over under 48. I guess I lean New Mexico State, but I'll be honest, I don't. Uh, I'm not. It's not because of that huge win over Valpo to end the year, but I do love it Jer- uh, that Jerry Kill got his team up and running. Like going back to the beginning of the year, you know them trying to bait him in the comments when they played at Minnesota, yep. and his yep. team just just. I mean, look at their schedule, and you're like, wow, that is that is as random a schedule as you get. I just love both these stories are great. Both teams overachieved a ton. I guess I would just lean. I don't. I don't love it in my office pools. I took New Mexico State plus the points. Yeah, I'm not touching this game. It always worries me a little bit when you have a team that opens as a favorite or opens, you should say, opens as a dog, and the money swings all the way across. And now you're looking at Bowling Green favored by what three and a half, four? Mm-hmm. I think in most spots. So again, I have no data to back that up. It's more of a mental block that I have about. I, I, I wanting, I, I, if you if you lost the, if you lost it, 
plus one, you lost pick, you lost minus one, and now you're laying north of a field goal. I, I just have a hard time with that. And I totally agree. All right, Tuesday, it all picks up. December 27th, 12 noon Eastern, the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Georgia Southern laying three and a half to Buffalo, total 67. I guess Georgia Southern I would lean. Yeah, no, I actually like Georgia Southern. In okay. This game. I, mean, I mean, Buffalo needed a miracle against Akron to even get bowl eligible, completely staggered home. They've had injuries in the backfield, the quarterback and running back and transfer portal guys gone. Uh, you, you like the trajectory of Georgia Southern with Van Trees healthy mm-hmm. in the lineup late in the year. They put up 51 on App State. Uh, it, it, it feels like whatever crowd will be there will be Georgia Southern backers. It's a, it's a long drive or a, or a short flight. So uh, I, I think year one of the Clay Helton era at uh, Georgia Southern ends with a nice one. Uh, good to point out, Van Treese, uh obviously started up, or I think he might have been somewhere else before Buffalo. He did. He was at Buffalo. Yep. Yep. And who knows more about who? Van Treese about his old team or his old team about him and his <laughs> tendencies? That's the chess match in the Camellia Bowl. 315 Eastern ESPN, Memphis, Utah State. This is at Ford Stadium in Dallas, Texas. It's the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl. Memphis minus 7.5, total 60.5. I got nothing. <laughs> Pass. How, how could you trust either of these teams? I mean, uh, Utah State's got no one uh, to play quarterback, mm. a, and you got a Memphis team that you're, you're going to trust. I mean, uh, Ryan, Ryan Silverfield uh, is bad. Going to? I guess he was rumored to be out, but he's, mm-hmm. he's there. But this is clearly not the qual- caliber Memphis team that we saw uh, a few years ago as well. I, I have no play here. Correct. Uh, I will be watching, of course, though. All right. Then following that one, 645 Eastern ESPN Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. It's the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Coastal Carolina against our ECU Pirates. Mm -hmm. ECU minus 7.5, total 62. Uh, McCall's going to play. What do you think about that, by the way? I I, I came, uh, I'm going to transfer, but I'm going to play. Feels like a, a, a the ultimate pro day. Like, hey, here's my here's my pro day. I'm going to play in a bowl game. Who wants me? Uh, I, I mean, I give him credit. I like. I think it's pretty cool that he's going to play with his old team, but he knows, you know, the opportunities there. Uh, coaching staff leaving, and you know, you get to go out with your you know your old boys and and showcase yourself. So. I, I like the idea of him playing. They just he wasn't healthy at the end of the year. I mean he I mean that offense, we know how creative they've been. He did take a lot of hits. Uh they did get to nine and three. I was looking at some things. They ended up four and seven and one against the spread this year. ECU is three and four as a favorite. The over in ECU games when they are a favorite came out in five of those seven. I I we know our love for Ailers. I would love – I mean, they finally get to, you know, play in a bowl game. Last year they go to the Military Bowl. It gets canceled there while they're in D.C. sightseeing. So this has been, I, I feel like, a big ramp up for the Pirates. We know how awesome that fan base is. I would expect uh, them to travel and have the majority of the fans. I'm not denying the love that Coastal fans have for their team. I just think this is a big deal for East Carolina. Eileen ECU – and, I, I mean, with those numbers, five out of seven, I would lean towards the over because Coastal's defense is not close to what it was when they were at the top of their game. 
No, and you've got arguably your uh, you've you've got your best offensive lineman out uh, uh-huh. with, with from a calls pro day, and you've got uh, a couple of corners out, and uh, Isaiah Stewart as well, who's in the Porsa. Like what was not a good uh, Coastal Carolina defense has gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the McCall news will cause this line to move back just a little bit, and maybe you can get it a half a point or so cheaper. So maybe yeah. wait. But I would be with you. I'd, I'd be on. Uh, I'd be on the Pirates. Who, by the way, will be excited about playing a bowl game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? They had their bowl game canceled a year ago. Yeah. So I mean, this would be a great opportunity for them. Yeah. That's so. I- I don't know if you want if you're into those alt lines where you want to get into maybe because I think East Carolina like if they can they're gonna put a stamp knowing the uh, proximity of those schools and both having a Carolina in there I I don't know it could get weird where they want to show some dominance but we'll see shout out to the Pirates finally getting there I'm glad you said that though because like if you like favorites in these bowl games mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean I tweeted this out and it was in the column as well if you go back over the last ten years. Favorites are barely 50, not, not even 50% to cover, but of the favorites that did cover, 70% of them covered the closing number by at least a touchdown. Mm. So that tells me laying an alt number, maybe you lay 10 and a half instead yeah. of seven and a half. That, that gives you a little bit of wiggle room and you'll probably get around plus 155 or so, or 160 maybe, mm-hmm. in, instead of laying 110. So you can make the numbers kind of work for you. Yeah, that's that. That's the way I would go because the next game, the nightcap that night, guaranteed rate bowl, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, quarterback situations for both teams not pretty. Uh, this is at the Diamondback Stadium, Chase Field in Phoenix. Wisconsin, I mean Wisconsin, laying three and a half, forty three. I just feel like you got to take Oklahoma State blind. I feel like Gundy's been good in bowl games, uh, and Leonard said he's going to coach Wisconsin. I know. It's not your typical Oklahoma State. It feels like they've had a ton of guys in the portal, though, also, mm-hmm. as I think about this. It feels like their whole defense uh, yes. I saw going places. So you could have this game. Uh, do you have anything on the game? No, this, this is – and it's a shame, too. Yes. Yeah. These are typically two teams yes. that That's a great usually want to back in ball games mm-hmm. because whether it's been Chris or Barry or whomever, uh, Brett, whomever it's been at Wisconsin – They've always had the team ready to roll, and Gundy's teams have always been kind of like a short dog or a short favorite in a ball game, and they've always uh, been prepared for bowl games too. So it kind of stinks that that two uh, the two teams that normally you can trust and back in bowl games uh, are playing each other with so much. Uh, I don't even want to say uncertainty because it's certainty. It's certainty that these rosters are incomplete uphill. Like, I don't even know who's going to play quarterback for Wisconsin. So yeah. this is a, this is a total – if we were, like, doing bowl confidence pools, like, this would be, like, my one pointer for whatever. Because I have no idea what's going to happen. You, I, I, I guess – I know what's going to happen. I'm going to fall asleep watching this game. That's <laughs> that's what's definitely going to happen. We're going to say uh, 1145 on a, uh, on a Tuesday night. Yeah, oh, you'll, you'll be – Still you'll got all both. that good food in you. Hopefully, I know. maybe depends what you eat. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to the next day. Uh, Wednesday, December twenty eighth. It's the Military Bowl presented by Paraton. It, I actually like this matchup. I think this is good. UCF against Duke. Duke minus three over under sixty two and a half. Uh, the weather has been good down here. It's supposed to get cold this weekend, but I think it's. 
I, I mean, with a 2 o'clock game, you're going to have the sun out. That, that's going to hopefully be in the 40s, I would think. So I think both offenses have shown more than enough capability this year. Uh, Coach of the Year, we did some awards on College Football Live. I gave it to Mike Elko. Yep, I saw. Because I, I just I, – I, what he did – they didn't win a game last year in conference. And I'm listen, I'm, I know the ACC is not the best conference. But there were, again, people saying he wasn't going to win another conference game. And they won five. And they finish eight and four. The Carolina loss has to still sting. Eileen Duke in this game, uh, with all with with the guys they had, they got some guys on defense that I really like, and I just I, I I'm riding the Duke wave. I'll I'll, I'll take Duke minus the three here. Yeah, again, number that's crossed zero. This is a I I'm rooting for Duke. I'll put it mm-hmm. that way for the for the reasons that you just said. Uh, the fact that Elko got this team from nowhere to a ball game. They've been a great story. I would love to see them cap the season off with the wing. But but ultimately, I mean, doesn't it come down to John Rice Plumley's uh yeah. shoulder? Mm-hmm. Like, like if he's able to play and that- his hamstrings bother him too, like uh, if they have to play that Castellanos kid, that, that that's going to be uh that's going to be a problem. <laughs> That that's the one too. I wanted to wait until because I think it might be an over game if Rice Plumley plays, knowing the capability UCF has on offense and just I I really I, Leonard this year the quarterback for Duke ended up over twenty seven hundred yards passing twenty TDs from a kid that didn't even know he was going to be the starter that first game against Temple. So awesome story for Duke and uh, keep your eyes on that one because that yeah you're right that total at sixty two and a half now. I don't, I don't think I could get there not knowing the UCF uh, quarterback status. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, fired up for this one. It's the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, 5.30 Eastern ESPN. That follows um, Duke and UCF on ESPN. Arkansas, minus three, total 69. That's what I had my eyes on. But every day I see somebody opting out or in the portal for Arkansas. I sort of like Kansas in this spot. I know it's not going to be pretty. It's it's your ultimate bottom of, bottom of the tier Big Twelve team against Arkansas, an SEC team who you know when they're good is is rolling offensively. KJ said he's going to play a quarterback, so I, I don't. Again, I'm sort of rooting for Kansas, knowing all that's come in this build with Coach Leipold and the, the the goal, and then seeing how they were the story of the sport to start the year, and then you and I early on pointing out the schedule, knowing they still got to get to six, and it, it they got there, uh, but it's 
it's been a great story, and I, I, I feel like they got plenty of momentum, whereas Arkansas, I mean, I still think they're trying to figure out who's going to be starting. You know, they're too deep uh, when they get to this game. So I, I lean Kansas in this game. I do too. It will be Kansas or pass. And I, and I get it. I think you, you point out about, about Kansas and them being bowl eligible. Uh, yes. Arnold is, is hurt at wide receiver, mm-hmm. but I, I wonder how Arkansas handles this game. I mean, we, we've seen a, in the last few years, you've had unranked SEC teams uh, not do well in, in bowl games. If you, if you look last year, Unranked SEC teams went one and six in bowl games. You had Florida get the uh, depleted Florida team get their doors blown off as an unranked SEC team to start the year against Oregon State. I think Arkansas might view this year as a disappointment, and you just might want the season over. Uh, you got you got Odom leaving. You got other changes on the staff. KJ's playing, but you've got a bunch of guys on that defense. Who are in uh, Hazelwood's not playing? Mm. Like uh, Jackson is in the portal. Like this looks like a very tough spot uh, for me to uh, to back Arkansas. So I would be on Kansas here. And you mentioned it, Odom out. New guy calling the defense. All the personnel that's out. Like Arkansas could come out with a totally different defensive scheme in this game, and you're not going to know it. You're right. not going to know it until. They take the field. So good luck to the crew that's calling this game because you're going to yeah, have no your kidding. hands full. Uh, hopefully no kidding, Arkansas. But- I'm sure Coach Pitt will give him enough information to make the podcast. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Totally. Being the man that he is. All right. 8 o'clock that night on Fox. Oh, this game's at Petco? Yep. Wow. San Diego yeah. County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Oregon minus 14 and a half. Over under 73. Shout out to Uncle Mike. Big Mike has raised me, Bear. Take the underdog in the Holiday Bowl. I have no idea what it's been in my life, but I've always had the <laughs> underdog in this game, and I feel like it's gone really well. Uh, I could be totally wrong about the numbers because there's been a, a bunch of huge upsets in this game, and as ugly as it might get, I I do – I mean, you're getting two and a half touchdowns with Drake May in North Carolina. I get it. New offense – uh, new offense coordinator, Bo Nix coming back, which is great news. And you saw the domino effect of quarterbacks in that conference. It's still going on today uh, with signing day going on. Blindly, I take North Carolina here. I don't love it, but you're giving me two and a half touchdowns in a bowl game uh, that people should be fired up to play in going out to San Diego for a bowl. I still think this should be a higher-ranked bowl on the bowl game chain. But um, I'll take Carolina blind plus well, 14 and a half. It, it, I mean, it, it kind of is. You got the ACC runner-up uh, against the team that was in the top 10 for a good part of the year. I'm just saying, like, in the bowl game echelon, like, later. Like, maybe this is your – how can't this be your New Year's Eve game? You know? I, I understand this saying. year's with the playoff. But, like, it just gets thrown away with – you know, and this is my whole – deal that I've done with the, the Pac-12 bowl lines was just been tragic the last 25 years ever since they lost that Cotton Bowl is th- this is like it's gone you get a team luckily in the Rose Bowl this year but sometimes we didn't even have that with the way the bowl game you know changed um with the guarantees for bowl games and what teams they got and what games they got but the Pac-12 this is the number one thing the Pac-12 ha- this is a chance to showcase your conference and it's just you know Wednesday December 28th uh, at eight o'clock, um, 
So it's it, it it's just been a, a point to me that they they have to get fixed in order to get their teams in in, in better in in front of more eyeballs. And, and I think that's probably that you think that's the plan with the with the Vegas Bowl with now the Pac-12 SEC tie, like, like and that LA probably, Bowl too. You know, yeah, you would think that you'd want to get that Vegas Bowl later later in the stretch because you get, I think, probably a few more eyeballs on that. But, hey, what, 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 what do we know, right? But I, yeah. I, while I love your Holiday Bowl, while I love Big Mike's angle there, I don't see it here at all. I'm okay. going to lay the points. Right. Well, uh, Carolina, you, I, if Carolina was going to show anything, it would have been in the ACC championship game against a Clemson team that was as half a bowl as they're probably ever going to be. And you got your doors blown off. I mm-hmm. think there might be a bit of a, a of a freshman wall here for Drake May. Uh, you've got a terrible defense where you've got three quarters of your secondary now opting out, and, and a bunch of other guys not there. Josh Downs is not playing. So, you, like I say, new offense. You don't have your your best skill position player. It's a target, I guess uh, you, you should say. And you got an Oregon team with Bo Nix. And probably one that uh, that has a little bit of a bitter pill in their mouth, uh, the way their season ended, uh, blowing that lead and losing to the Beavers the way they did. So I'm a, uh, I don't think this game's going to be close. I'm going to wind up laying the points with. Uh, with the All guys. right, a little difference of opinion on that one. Okay, and then nine o'clock on ESPN. We see Texas Tech against Ole Miss. It's the Texas Ooh, good Bowl. Good night of games. Ooh. Yes, very good. Uh, this is in Houston at the Texan Stadium. Ole Miss minus three and a half over under 69 and a half. Great story for Texas Tech getting there. Ole Miss Lane doing his thing, uh, going by ways of the portal this year and and taking advantage of that schedule to start the year. Stumbled you know through the end, but we knew that was going to happen with the teams they had to play later in the year. I think I would lean Texas Tech in this game. I, I'm on the other side here again. Okay. Well, we we have our our manufactured disagreement nice. to, uh, to to go out here. Double header on the twenty eighth. I know you. You, I'm gonna. Have to, I'll be sitting in the uh, in the hotel room in Natural before the uh, the the, the Texans, the Tex, the Titans, and the and the Cowboys. Oh, uh, next week, right? That's the Thursday game yeah. next week. There you and go. Uh, like I, I think Ole Miss is the better team. Um, I think they Texas Tech's defense is haveable especially on the ground. And I think the way Ole Miss' season ended, uh, kind of having an opportunity to beat Alabama, uh, getting st- shut down inside the 10-yard line, then all the stuff about Lane, is he going to Auburn, is he not going to Auburn? Uh, he is, he isn't. And I think that probably had an effect on the locker room and took a little bit of the wind out of the sails of some of the players not knowing if their head coach was staying. I think the fact that he is staying, I think it's an opportunity for if there was any clearing of the air or needed, I think it was an opportunity for Ole Miss to kind of get back on the right page. And I think uh, after the way the year ended, dropping that Alabama game, dropping the egg ball, I think it's a good spot for uh, for the Rebs here. And I am going to lay the points with Ole Miss. All right. I will be on the other side in that one, hoping uh... – Hoping to lose by a field goal, and everything will be all right. <laughs> the next morning, or I should say, it's going to feel like a morning because it's 2 o'clock Eastern. It's the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl in the Bronx, Yankee Stadium. I must be missing something here. Minnesota's given 10. 
Yeah. And the total's 42. Does that mean quarterback is playing? Yeah, but you're 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 not you're not getting Sean Tucker and you're not getting Robert and I. Uh, so that's okay. that's why the number okay. is the number is what it is. I, I don't think I don't think who's playing quarterback for for Minnesota is that I mean I can't imagine uh, Tanner Morgan's going to play, and I think they're okay with Calakmanakis. Um, yeah, there anyway. I think that's the plan to kind of get him more reps. But I can't lay that many points uh, in this game way ahead of time, not knowing the weather. Uh, you had some other, you had some injuries and some portal stuff on the on on the Syracuse defense as well. Um, this might be a Syracuse team total under. Uh, if okay. anything, once that number gets posted, because the Gophers' defense has played well for a, a good part of the year. How many points are they going to score? Who knows? But with, with, without Tucker and without an eye, that that's a big, big deal, I think, for the uh, the Syracuse offense. So no play on the side, I think, the, the, where this number is. I can't lay those points, but uh, I would maybe look at Syracuse's team total going under. So total forty two spread ten. That's you're looking at twenty six sixteen final. Somewhere, is that yeah. Right? If, if yeah, sixteen. So if Syracuse yeah. gets to seventeen, I'd be surprised. Okay. All right. Big name matchup. Not sure about the quality of teams uh, in the Cheese It Bowl, five thirty Eastern, ESPN on the 29th. It's Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Florida State. Great story to close the year. Really impressive. Best news is they got Travis coming back. Uh, total sixty five and a half. I I think this is all hands on deck and haymakers coming left and right. We know Oklahoma's been against it defensively. Uh, I look at the over in this game. I just, I just feel like both these teams will want to try and showcase their offense. That's the way. That's the way I lean in this one. Uh, I I played a money line parlay here. I'd be stunned if Florida State lost. Mm-hmm. And I, I want it, and I'm sure someone's going to beat me, and it'll probably be uh, the the Commanders this weekend, and I won't even get to the game. But I played a money line parlay, and it came out to plus one ninety four. The Chiefs against the Seahawks, the Forty ers against uh, Washington, Oregon, Florida State, LSU. Who beats me? Someone will. But that, that that's where I mean I can't. I don't want to lay. The double digits with Florida State as this number keeps going up and up and up. I, I don't know if it's hit 10 yet, but it looks like it's Nine, on, the, on the way. But, yeah, it's hard to be excited about Oklahoma uh, yeah. entering this game. I, I'm going to be honest here. I forgot Florida and Oklahoma made a bowl game. Like, when I was going down, I'm like, oh, wow, Oklahoma got this. <laughs> I, had, I totally forgot they got the six, and they ended up doing, I believe, in the last game in Bedlam. Uh, so good for them getting up off the deck and, and getting to a bowl game. You know, they'll, they'll spin that as positive as they can. Um, so we know, like I said, we know the story with their defense. I do have confidence in Florida state. I think there's a chance to put a nice stamp on a season that they exceeded expectations and they're even going to be probably still kicking themselves for the way they ended up, uh, in those second halves against Wake Forest and Clemson. So, um, Florida state, obviously a big favorite there laying nine and, that follows, or I should say this game follows that one, and it's the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. Awesome matchup. Scheduled for 9 Eastern. The Sark Bowl. I don't see. I don't see how that's going to happen. It is the Sark Bowl. Texas laying four. Total 67.5. Same deal here. I think both teams are going to have aw- awesome, 
awesome offensive game plans. I know Bijan is not playing, but Sark can run the ball against anybody. Uh, Roshan's a pretty darn good compliment. He's out, though, too. Uh, oh, he is? Yeah. All right, there goes that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so now Quinn Ewers. Uh, that That's that it. would make me think Washington. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm still fired up for this game. I you got two huge names. Of course. Uh, Penix obviously uh, coming back. Announced. I can't. I wish there was. I one thing I wish there was video of is him announcing uh, he's coming back at the end of their team banquet. That must have been awesome. Uh, to see. But Texas is laying for 67 and a half. This game always feels like an over game inside in a dome. Got, you know, Pac-12 versus Big 12. And I get that's the way I would lean. Uh, still thinking Sark has a good plan offensively and Penix will be throwing it all over the place. Uh, so over 67 and a half, I think I would, that's my lean there. Oh, I lost the bob. I, I, I got five five to one in the second leg, but the the, the two who was eleven to one just just couldn't get up. But hey, you know what? Seven to one leg one, five to one leg two. That's a pretty darn good start as we beat the two to one favorites. So we're we're, uh, we're 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 off and going here at Gulfstream. And that's at Gulfstream. That's a that's a Gulfstream. Nothing crazy. Okay. I'm sure I'm sure everybody listening on Wednesday evening and Thursday morning are really going to care about the Gulfstream early pick hey. five recap. We're getting in live. Don't worry about it. But, yeah, I, I doesn't the line scream Washington? I mean, they haven't had any opt-outs. You get Penix back. They're a little upset about the lack of Heisman love that he got. And remember, mm-hmm. the year, the COVID year that Indiana had that great season, uh, he couldn't play in the ball game. So he hasn't played in a ball game. So he gets to play in a primetime game against Texas. Like, I, I think that matters. I mean, I think DeBoer will be able to – Draw some things up against a defense with that that uh, Overshawn's not going to play as well uh, mm-hmm. with, without Robinson and Rashawn Johnson. That's a big deal. So this is going to totally be on you would assume Quinn Ewers' shoulders. We'll see. Yep. We, we, we'll yeah. see. I mean, no, I, it's it's a big spot for Washington. Uh, you know, they lost those two games, and I want to say consecutive games. Uh, you know, in the year against UCLA and Arizona State, and they never could get back to relevance against uh, until that Oregon win. And a lot of it is the way the schedule landed. And you saw, which was a huge win for them at the time, beating Michigan State the way they did, but then Michigan State having the year they had. Yeah, that was one of, the, that was one of those deals where you, we kind of thought and assumed at the time that Michigan State was not going to have a very good season, but – Hey, all you can do is go out and take care of uh, take care of business. All right, Friday, December thirtieth, noon Eastern, the Duke's Mayo Bowl still grosses me out. Both head coaches said they're in agreement to get dumped. It's uh, I can't even look at it. You gotta um, go. Al- Mar- you gotta go along with the fun. Come on, it's the only not, reason. Not it's the only reason comes, to actually go it to beat. Not to be when it in comes to Mayo. No way. No. no. Uh, this is in Charlotte. Uh, Maryland's laying one, 47 and a half. I've given this one out earlier in the uh, bowl season. Ooh. I just trust I trust NC State here more, uh, Bear. I, I had them uh, over eight and a half wins. I think it was my one loss in season win totals. Almost got there uh, playing four quarterbacks this year. I just – I like what is, is the stability there more. 
Um, you know, Rock Jarrett from Maryland didn't play against Rutgers. That was the eye-opening deal of him not playing in a bowl game. Uh, Demas isn't going to play. I wonder about the toys Leah has to throw to. Maryland's been good, you know, in the run game, but NC State's defense always stops the run. So I, I just look at NC State playing in in, in North Carolina. Maryland, not sure. It, you know, it just feels like the roles are reversed. Last year, Maryland was fired up to go to a bowl game and play a depleted team in Virginia Tech and smoke Virginia Tech in the pinstripe bowl. Now they go with their guys not motivated and opting out and going to play a team that really found themselves after they lost Devin Leary and played good football down the stretch. Uh, great win to close the year against North Carolina. I don't think it's going to be pretty. But I just trust them to, to make the game ugly, and I'll take NC State plus the point. Even if they are down to down to the other the other uh, Larry, I'm not you know if they're down to Finley, Finley. yeah, I thought he hurt. played well. He did. He didn't against BC, but he played better against UNC. Correct. And, and we are still operating under the assumption that all those defenders are going to play for uh, that's for NC State. that's my train of thought. Yes. So, I mean, I do. I, it's hard for me to have a real strong opinion on this game, so I'll, I'll mm-hmm. ride with you. And, and I do think there is a chance that a possibility that NC State's offense might even be better off now with a uh, with a different play caller. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, and, and I get Dave Dorn to coach a defense. Like, give me that, give me that all day. I'll, I'll take that all day and what he's shown he can do in Raleigh. So I like NC State in that one. That day also, 2 o'clock Eastern, CBS. This one's on the old Sun Bowl, sponsored mm. by Tony the Tiger. The legend of Tony the Tiger. This one has come all the way down to 3.5. UCLA is laying 3.5. 54.5 is the total. Uh, I just saw yesterday uh, Abinaconda for Pitt is out. I know UCLA has some guys out. This would be a bad look for the Pac-12 if they don't win this game. Yeah, it's made Cansey out as well. Did DTR and Charbonnet out, I'm assuming? I don't I thought DTR's playing. Hmm. This, uh, this might be this might be an opportunity to get to get UCLA on the cheap then if those guys are playing. Because I thought I had heard that they uh they were out. But if they're the, but if I they're mean, playing and, and Pitt is down to to whom uh, Yarnell, a quarterback, and they don't get running back and then Kansi's out on defense like I don't think UCLA would mail this bowl game in being that they didn't get a chance to play in a game last year that's 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 interesting the way I was looking at it and I mean I call it fake momentum uh when you have when your bowl game get your quarterback back coach stays going into next year obviously DTR is done but UCLA getting the news and getting a a freshman five-star uh quarterback yeah this that's massive for them Big, big step moving forward uh, because those guys are fired up. The guys they have coming back on defense, I think, are all formidable. They're going to be tough next year. Uh, they do lose both safeties in the offseason. But, uh, yeah, I, I I look – I mean, you know what I thought about UCLA all year. I picked them to go to the playoff. So, uh, there is a chance for a good opportunity there with UCLA. Just stay out of Juarez. Uh, don't don't go over no, there. Don't, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you, know, you don't want to – Advise yeah. against it. That's just a problem. All right, another game, uh, 3.30 Eastern, ESPN in Jacksonville, Florida. It's the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. This one was the bidding war, I guess, they won for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame ranked 21, South Carolina ranked 19. Notre Dame land two, total 52. 
I know Buckner's been practicing, so that helps the quarterback situation. That's an upgrade over Pine for sure. But Mayer's out. Uh, Foskey's out. And South Carolina, I mean, they've had guys hit the portal, gone. I believe Juice Wells is going to play. Uh, I have. I would imagine Rattler's going to play, right? Yeah, he's oh, and he should play. Hmm. I just can I say this about South of Carolina? I love the energy they have. I was obviously on them before the year. They were my uh, them in Washington State were my biggest season win total overs. I just and I love the energy Shane Beamer has. But are like if they win this game, are are they going to react like this is? their first game they've ever won again because it feels like that's what happens every time they win a game. And I get it. This is the new social media. Look at us. We just won this game. But it just feels like, hey, man, like you're 8-4 and four again. Just act like you've won games. That's all. I, 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 like I said, I'm the sourpuss here saying, you know, don't celebrate wins. But it just feels like it's it's definitely over the top every time they win a game. Yeah, it, it is. It, but, you know, I'm happy, though, for for, for South Carolina and, and Spencer Rattler from where he was a year ago. No doubt. And even the start of the year that he had to to put it together in two games, which ultimately changed the the course of the national title race, to, to beat Tennessee in the manner that they did, to beat Clemson in the manner that they did. Uh, th- that's great. Uh it's hard for me to play this game not knowing the status of Buckner. If Buckner plays, I, I would think Notre Dame is probably the right side. But if he yeah. doesn't play, how are they going to score points? And the brotherhood that's the Notre Dame tight end room, I can't wait to see these new guys. Uh, knowing that Mayer's not going to play, still can't believe he didn't win the Mackey Award. But that's another time for another podcast to complain about. <laughs> things that happened during the season. No, we, we, no we, you can complain. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, you could have Bowers. You could what Brock Bowers did. You could have you could have made a case for Dalton Kincaid too. Yes. Yes, you could, but Mayer snap for snap I I, I I've said what I How, how is I mean, again, nothing again. I'm sure, I'm sure Sam LaPorta is a wonderful kid. How is he a, I, the worst offense I, I in the don't. country? Like I, uh, well, I, yeah. I I said Kincaid's performance against SC in, in the first game was the best performance of, of the season. I mean, 16 catches, 236 yards, a touchdown. He came off the field for one snap, and they that was that was the game of the year in in my mind. But uh, I I think I'm going to be on Notre Dame in this game. I Uh-oh, think it, uh, there we there we go. I I, I got to ride with my Irish, you know. Hmm. By the way, update, update. I have been told that Charbonnet and DTR are both expected to play. Expected to play. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Uh, all right. Our guys got a bowl game, the Barstool Bowl. Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl in Tucson, Ohio, Wyoming. A pick them over under 43 blindly. I feel like Craig Bowles done really well in bowl games. I could be totally wrong. Didn't look it up. I'll take Wyoming in this one. Um, pass. Okay. That night is the Orange Bowl. I believe our guy McElroy and Joe Tessitore will have the call along with Katie George. 8 o'clock Eastern, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Clemson lands 6 to Tennessee. Total 63 and a half. Here's my deal. 
we've watched both teams ad nauseum this year. They've been overanalyzed, all that. Mm-hmm. I just need to see Joe Milton again for Tennessee, not against Vanderbilt. Uh, I know Clemson's going to have guys opting out on the defense, and have they have been susceptible to the pass? Obviously, in that last or second to last game against South Carolina, South Carolina, you would assume though North- they got great recruits who are going to step up and play, though. Yeah, but I don't want to give six. Uh, I, I do, I, I do want to do this at the end because I want to ask you your confidence in the SEC teams and bowls, and this is, this is one where I think blind people are just going to take Tennessee plus the points, and. We know Dabo is going to celebrate if he can win this one and get to 12 wins and beat an SEC team to top a conference championship, 10-plus wins again. We know how much he loves that stuff. Clemson a win, baby. I'm not touching this game. I took took Clemson minus four and a half, anticipating all the Tennessee opt-outs which have come. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping hoping that I get seven at some point, which would be nice, and and I could maybe – Buy a little back, but I, I, I can't play it at six and a half. Obviously, I laid the four and a half just looking for the, knowing that I was going to get a little bit of value. But I, uh, I would think Clemson is in a better position at quarterback now with Clubnick, and you got all the obvious calls and told you so's uh, after the ACC championship game. So I would think I would I would think Clemson will cover the big number, uh, but but again, being that I got the the opener, I'm not going to play back. Um, obviously, Golish is now gone to to be mm. South Florida's head coach, but I would think uh, they'll be just fine offensively with Heupel. It's just a question of the play calls will be fine. It's just a mm-hmm. question of what do you do without your two wide receivers and your your starting quarterback. Yeah, I could be talking to Tennessee, like I said, but I just I can't get there with Milton. Uh, but that's that's a good like. I'm actually happy the matchups that we got out of these bowls. I'm usually. Not too happy with how, you know, teams can take teams that, you know, when it's up in the air of, you know, who's been there, you know, uh, not as recently. Uh, but I, I like this. A lot of orange. A lot of orange in the Orange Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Tennessee and Clemson. All right. Now we get the New Year's Eve day. Noon Eastern, 11 local in the Caesar Superdome, New Orleans, Louisiana. All-State Sugar Bowl. Bama, Bryce Young. Will Anderson are going to play. Kansas State will have everybody on deck. Also, Alabama now up to six and a half, 56. Your thoughts? My uh, my first thought is I am so happy as a college football fan that two guys who are going to go in the top five of the NFL draft uh, in April are playing in this game. If it's good enough for Bryce Young and Will Anderson to play in a meaningless ball game, it should be good enough for anybody. And I'm excited. Look, I, I get it. I'm certainly, if people want to sit out, that's fine. But uh, when you're just expecting it, I mean, all along, people just expected those guys to sit. And to hear the the reverse actually happen and these guys are playing, it's awesome that they uh, that they have that love for their uh, their team and the, and college football to, uh, to suit it up for one more time for however many plays. Ultimately, it is, but the fact that they decided not to opt out is great. Uh, if Alabama is motivated, uh, you would think Kansas State is going to have a difficult time uh, mm-hmm. scoring points. Uh, but but at the same time, I mean, Kansas State's got some guys who can get after the quarterback. 
And yeah. uh, Alabama's offensive line has not been up to par. And, and obviously with what's gone on uh, in, in signing and in the portal, uh, Nick Saban is aware of that and getting that, that kid from Iowa to flip. Mm-hmm. It shows the uh, the urgent need that Alabama has on the line. I would look at playing the under in this game because I, I do I do think Kansas State will have difficulty scoring, but I don't think it's a given that Alabama goes up and down the field and puts up a bunch of points either. This is the biggest stage Kansas State's been on since the Michael Bishop Big 12 championship game, right? Um, Probably. Be, I mean, just the, the year they – I they, think they, it the, is. Yeah, 2012. Like, I mean, they were, what, number one in the – were they number one in the AP poll or number one – in the BCS standings in, in 2012, when they, when they when they lost to uh, Baylor to Baylor, and then they wound up getting getting rolled by Oregon in the uh, mm-hmm. in the ball game. But this is yeah I, I, yeah I'd say this is bigger. Nine, that I mean yes yes I, I think so. but 98 knowing they had a chance to win and end the national championship that's a long time and those people have been as loyal years? as there is. I love I love the fan base. I love the coaching staff. Uh, so that's it, it's, I see. Here's my deal. I think it's going to keep going up. I think this is going to go to like seven and a half, eight. I really do. It because will. now the word, you know, after signing day, it's going to get thrown out there more. Teams are going to travel there. Word's going to get out. And your average person who always just blindly takes Alabama is going to take them again, knowing uh, that that feels like motivation with those two guys coming and playing for their team. I will say there are insurance policies out there, and I would take a wild guess that Alabama in, invested in some insurance <laughs> policies. So, uh, hey, it's out there. Teams could do it. Yep. So uh, it's something to keep your eye on. All right. Also, Neon Eastern, New Year's Eve day, ABC, Iowa, Kentucky, the Wait a minute, whoa, whoa, time out, time out, time out, time out. You're making me choose on New Year's Eve between Alabama, Kansas State, and Kentucky, Iowa? I can't dedicate myself to watching just one? You have to get to a double TV setup. Oh. You gotta get there. I mean, that is sensory overload right there. Is it terrible that if, if I had to watch one of those games, it would be Kentucky-Iowa? No. You're lying. Absolutely. <laughs> just to see. Th- I just hate these two teams playing a bowl game last year and now they're playing again. Oh, exactly. You, you couldn't have, like. Come on. I mean, it, it, it's, it's so easy. It's so, like, someone do your job and make sure this doesn't happen. Like, mm. but. I would imagine too, like anytime Kentucky plays at Vandy, like they go to Nashville, they travel there. Like if there's a fan base that's tired of going to Nashville, I'm not saying that you can get tired of going to Nashville. It's probably but Kentucky. it's Kentucky, right? Okay, okay. So, it seems like Kentucky and Tennessee have rotated the Music City Bowl. There, <laughs> I did. Didn't Kentucky play Northwestern in the Music City Bowl one year too? Sounds right. Sounds right. But I was laying two and a half. The quarterback situations are not good for both. Blindly for our guy, Big Cat, I'm taking the over in this game. <laughs> Just for him. Just for him? And he'll probably have the under. I, I, 
31 is the number. I tr- 31. I trust Iowa more in this situation than I do Kentucky. And look, I love Mark, but how are they scoring against an Iowa defense that doesn't look like they're going to have any opt-outs, right? I mean, I mean, it look, it, I mean, it look, it looks like Campbell no. and Moss and Benson yeah. and Merriweather are all playing, right? And Kentucky's turned the ball over with Will Levis at quarterback, knowing the problems they have on the offensive line, and Iowa just does an unbelievable job of turning teams over when they're backed up, and that's how they get their points. So, yeah, I, I, you're saying trust. I'm, I'm with you. Love the Kentucky staff, and they've been up against it this year. But I, I would take Iowa, and I'm taking the over. I don't even care. I'm not. Maybe it goes down. It can't go down, can it? The total. Thirty-one's the number. Nah, I can't, yeah, the you number. can't get any lower than that. You wouldn't think. Right. Okay. All right. The semifinals. Uh, first Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Michigan now seven and a half, fifty-eight and a half. Mm. Thoughts. Mm. My first instinct is to lay it with Michigan, mm-hmm. but uh, doesn't it seem so public, though, so obvious? I mean, maybe it's a bit of a track record. Obviously, the semifinals have been one-sided and non-competitive in recent years. And TCU has been living dangerous all dangerously all year, and you don't and you don't think that they can keep it up in the last four quarters. Like, but that, but that's how I see the game going. I, I think ultimately, mm-hmm. Michigan's offensive line will lean on TCU. It'll open up some holes for for Edwards late in the game. Allowed McNamara, or get allow uh, McCarthy to scramble uh, and get some big plays with his legs as well, and uh, ultimately allow Michigan to to pull away. But every time I think that, I just keep thinking back, like the the, the word the, the the sentence. I like TCU in the in the Fiesta Bowl hasn't been muttered. By anyone, mm. and uh, like that—that—that's well, a concern for me because again, TCU's got dudes on the outside who can make plays, and mm-hmm. we, we've seen again for as good of a fourth quarter that Michigan played against Ohio State and uh, pulling away. That, that's another misconception, by the way. It's like, oh, Michigan went to Ohio State and just absolutely pounded the Buckeyes. I was gonna let it halftime, and it was a one-score game in the fourth quarter before. They had a couple of big plays, and, and the Ohio State defense uh, just, just broke. So it's not, it's not like Michigan went out to a 17-0 lead and cruised in this game. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that couldn't be further from the truth. So, And when you saw Michigan struggle with Illinois, uh, Mar- Maryland ha- was in that game for a while. Like, M- Michigan's had some games where teams have been in it, uh, but it's just the style of play. They've just worn teams down, and will that ultimately happen again, or will TCU and their ability to uh, take a punch and come back from from deficits in the second half will that play out? My uh, my gut does say that Michigan does win the game, but I am hesitant in laying seven and a half here, knowing that that is it's total one sided action. Yeah, I think the seven and a half. People are going to take that with TCU. If it was do seven, you? every yeah, I, I I do. I just feel like you know Big Twelve offense. You know they're just going to think they could score some to keep it close. The one thing going back to the Ohio State Michigan game that no one talks about is the two fourth downs Michigan's defense got off the field on. Uh, you know the throw to Stover down the seam is right off his hands, 
and Michigan gets gets off. The, I mean that those are two. You talk about breaking points, and that's that's what's been the story for me. Yeah, the offense has been good. Corum, you know, they've overcome the Corum injury, but that defense is as opportunistic as there is, and that's why I think the start to this game is so critical for TCU. You know what Michigan's going to do is move their tight ends around, try and loosen up that run game, and make the throws easier for McCarthy. TCU did a, does a great job of confusing looks, and you saw that in the Texas game. Texas could not ID what the defense was, and it really hurt them in the run game because they couldn't get their run game going, and then it r- allowed free lanes to the quarterback on, on passing situations. So uh, Johnny Hodges is a kid from TCU that I've talked about a ton. Uh, he's a transfer from Navy. He didn't play in a Big 12 title game, and I really thought that hurt them. Uh, getting guys aligned, being in the right situation, you know, call-wise, I, I don't know what the injury was still, but he's a guy that's crucial, and it's just so crucial for the start of this game for TCU. If they, I mean, if they go down a quick 7 nothing, now I think Michigan plays a lot better on defense because they know you're up against it. And we know, you know, I love Duggan. He's a, he's a, he's a risk taker, and maybe Michigan could bait him if if they do take a lead there. So I what I was going to say about these two semifinals is I think everybody's going to tease Michigan and Georgia, and I would go the other way. I would tease both dogs. We've been pounded across the face with blowouts in these games. I do feel like I would go against that. Uh, maybe thinking we have you know both underdogs could cover, stay inside of two touchdowns. So that would be my lean on that game. Um, I, I look at TCU in the first half of that game, knowing that if if it doesn't work out, they're going to have a long second half seeing what Michigan's done to teams in the second half. But I know people are going to talk about coming back, and that's what TCU's done in second halves. I just think it's a lot harder to do against this Michigan team more than any team TCU has faced. All right, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Ohio State, it's six and a half right now at Caesars, 62. Your thoughts? My, my thoughts on basically what we're talking about with the blowouts in the semifinals, if you go back, only three of the semifinals have been decided by single digits, and over half of them have been decided by 20 or more points. So I, that, that, I think that's why you were talking about uh, people kind of just teasing favorites down and expecting them to win. Um, these games have been more, more often than not non-competitive. So, but one of the teams that has pulled uh, a big upset is Ohio State. They did it in the first mm-hmm. year when they won. Uh, they beat Alabama and went on to win the national championship. And now they get a chance to kind of get that bad taste uh, the way they, the regular season ended out of their mouth. Uh, again, this has been one way action with Georgia. Uh, the seven, I think, the and despite that, I think sevens are not going to pop up. Uh, it feels like the books are quite comfortable going into this game, uh, needing Ohio State plus six and a half, and that uh, that's interesting because uh, mm. I were I I, I will th- that being said, like I thought Ohio State plus six and a half is the right side, but um, in talking with with our friend. Last night, he brought up some some interesting points about uh, the Georgia defense and how running quarterbacks always seem to be the thing that that concerns Kirby Smart and that defense. And now you got C.J. Stroud, who isn't a threat to run, and you can probably tee off a little bit more on him and, and bring some different pressures. And on the flip side, you've got an Ohio State defense that hasn't been able to stand up 
in in the trenches the last couple of years. And remember in the uh, remember in the in the bowl game a couple of years ago, you had like Devontae Smith somehow uh, matched up with Tough Borland. Like how how are those Ohio State linebackers gonna match up with the uh, with with Bowers in Washington? Like like that seems mm-hmm. like uh, an obvious matchup problem. So you got McConkey back healthy. You would think uh, you've got Ad Mitchell back healthy. You would think uh, maybe McClendon doesn't play, but this is an Ohio State defense that does have problems. Could be maybe a little bit more high score, higher scoring than you think. Uh, my I was going into the last night with our conversation thinking Ohio State was the right side. Uh, I'm not going to get off the Buckeyes, but uh, I do see a, an avenue where Georgia could wind up winning this game big if things don't go well for Ohio State early. Agree with all of it. And Thank the you. idea of Kirby playing against different types of quarterbacks is pretty eye-opening. Uh, thinking about a stationary guy where he can get real creative, I think Georgia's de- – I mean, that that's the deal. Georgia can get pressure with only four, but you know they're going to get more and aggressive. They'll know when they like to play man on the back end, so therefore they could bring more than four. And how does Ohio State keep up with it? Because that's that's what worries me is the constant pressure Georgia's defense is going to put on them for 60 minutes – they couldn't hold up against Michigan. And how different of a player did C.J. Stroud look when he had guys in his face, you know, at his legs and just altering throws? You saw that really, really bother him. And I think that's going to be George's M.O. is, is get to him. So I'm not going to doubt Kirby and Will drawing up schemes. But on the other side, I've said it. Ohio State has everything they want. It feels so much like the Sugar Bowl against Bama where they got in – they got their chance, and man, did they make the most of their opportunity. So, I just, I, I, I start to wonder about that Ohio State offense because, you know, the whole saga with Smith and Jigba. Now, plenty of other guys have have stepped up and and made catches, and they're more than uh, dangerous. But the injuries at running back—that's the they, thing. You know, can Mayan Williams, can Mayan Williams you, last the game? Uh, you you got to have balance against Georgia because every defense in America is better when they know the down and distance in your tendencies and if you have to throw with those down and distance. That's that's the dangerous part, and Georgia thrives on that more than anybody because they have better talent than anybody. And I've said it for a while now, You know, diving in after seeing Ohio State in pers- person, the offensive line is not dominant. Uh, they're good, you know, but then when they played upper echelon defenses, Notre Dame, Michigan, it didn't turn out well, and it caused because of leakage in the offensive line. So I lean Georgia. I think it's a dead over game. Now, when you're talking about team totals and that stuff, we got six and a half, 62. Are we saying, what, 34? 34-28. 34-28. 35-28, somewhere around there. Right around there. Okay. Now, 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 that being, we're talking about Ohio State and, and Georgia. Like, just think of where we've come with Ohio State from being like, yeah, you know what, well, maybe there's some power ratings that have Ohio State favored over Georgia, or maybe Georgia minus one or minus two. And here we are at six and a half. And remember, there was a time, like, I mean, I, I brought it up when we were talking about, like, oh, they just seem to 
leave you wanting more. Like yep. you look at all the players that they have and like the individual parts are greater than like the sum of it all. And I, and I think the, the Smith and Jigba situation, I think that probably wore on the team a little bit. Uh, and then you got Henderson who's, who's out now as well, but, but it, it, it's just crazy. And, and now you've got this, uh, this, this team who, Oh, by the way, if you go back their last 16 games against ranked opponents, they're three and thirteen against the number, which I which I found mm. kind of interesting. So very we'll 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 see what happens. Uh, I I think I'll go into the game with the mindset of taking Ohio State plus the points. But again, if this thing went sideways quick, that also wouldn't surprise me. Understood on all fronts. The one thing about Georgia that I you saw, you talk about Ohio State always wanting more. I feel like I always want to see them run the ball more. Yes. I feel I I just feel like they get so pass happy and I get it. I mean, now they're going to have all their guys back. I think AD Mitchell's a huge component to this game. Uh when you're talking about player props, I would look at his over in yards. He's not going to be a, I don't think he's going to be a volume catching guy, but when he gets out, it's I think it's going to be big plays and obviously Bowers is is a matchup nightmare for Ohio State. You talked about, you know, going back to Devontae Smith against those guys. Uh Bowers is a guy and and when you think about the match, and I haven't gone back and, and dove all the way in, but the way Michigan moves around their tight ends, Georgia does does it more, and those guys are better. So when I think about, you know, you think about the tight end wheel route uh, that Michigan hit for a wide-open touchdown, Georgia has more speed and more capability at those positions. And even if it looks like a quick throw out there, they got guys blocking. You've seen those quick outs by Bowers, and he just turns it upfield. He is a dangerous, dangerous dude with the ball in his hand. So I, I think Georgia should be more dependent on the run to help those guys come down in the box because look what happened against Ohio State especially. And is Ohio State going to get lined up right and be balanced because – they got caught a couple times against Michigan. Those were huge, huge plays. And obviously, they got burned when they blitzed because of nobody over the top and a missed tackle, and it turned into touchdowns. So Georgia has way more capability offensively than Michigan, and that's what scares me about Jimmy Knowles and that Ohio State defense. So I, I think it's an over game, uh, and I think Georgia wears on them uh, for the second half. All right, January 2nd, blow through these. Uh Noon Eastern, ESPN 2, the ReliaQuest Bowl at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Mississippi State, obviously, RIP Mike Leach. Brutal, brutal story, but they're fired up. There was no doubt they're going to play this game, obviously, and I'm happy they are. There's a there's a good way to go out and honor your guy, and that's why you go out and get on the field. Uh, against Illinois, who I haven't done the numbers, but I'm curious to see what Bielema's done or did against Mississippi State in his time at Arkansas. It obviously didn't work out, but I wonder if that if it's worth looking into that at all. Illinois is a one-point favorite. Total's 46. I think this is the ultimate test of stubbornness. Uh, knowing what Illinois – is Chase Brown out? Yeah, TBD. Mm, that sounds TBD, like a no but they, but Yeah, but they also – I mean, Nicholson's hurt and Weatherspoon opted out as well. Aha. Uh-huh. And so. I think they ended up the year with the most interceptions in the country, but those guys uh, were obviously formidable in the back end. I think you blindly got to take Mississippi State, knowing the motivation here. I love Bielema. We had Illinois over the total this year. Awesome story. They're gonna. I mean, it's not going to be easy, uh, but I just 
like the balance of Mississippi State uh, against Illinois, and that's why I would lean Mississippi State. Yeah, it would be. I, I would lean that way too. But again, everyone is going to go into this game with the same logic and mindset that we just talked about too. But remember too, uh, Ryan Walters is now gone for Illinois. Correct. He took that Purdue job. So you, you've got a Purdue, uh, an Illinois defense that was great all year. Uh, down their coordinator and down a couple of their best players. So that uh, that's going to be a tough ask against a uh, um, a very uh, motivated Mississippi State team. Very good. All right. Are you guessing Caleb Williams plays in the Cotton Bowl Classic? I'm guessing he does play. Okay. I think this game is fascinating because, sorry, this is 1 o'clock ESPN, Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic on January 2nd. USC right now minus two and a half, total 63 against Tulane. I just feel like you're going to have your two sides here, Bear, of people that love betting Caleb Williams and people that don't believe in USC, and that's why they're going to take Tulane. I, I can't – like, I don't know what to do with this number, seeing it's two and a half. Uh, Tulane's been obviously a great story. They got good balance. Spears has been awesome at running back, and SC last time out – did not do a good job of tackling. I'm not no. saying Tulane's offense. <laughs> I'm not saying Tulane's offense is in Utah's category, but they do provide some issues where yes, I think you got to be worried if you're a USC fan. No, I, I like Tulane in this game. Uh, I, I, again, I, I think it's more it's more a play against that USC defense, which we have played against most of the year, expecting it to break. Uh, expecting, expecting the turnover game not to go their way, and, and you've got a you've got a game a team that can run the football, man. Like like Spears, Spears is a hell of a back, and mm-hmm. I I think with Michael with, with Pratt, he's a guy who can run as well. I, I think he's going to give that SC defense a uh, a lot of problems. I mean, you said they didn't tackle well. Uh, go forth is in the. Uh, in, in, in the portal, um, they got some other guys who are on offensive line. Um, you got some guys who aren't going to play. Uh, Nealon and, and Voorhees both out. Like, like this, it's, it's, this is a this is a more physical group of five team that I mm-hmm. think people are used to seeing. Remember, this is a team that went to Kansas State early in the year one. Yeah. So like they, they this this is a, this is a legit team. I think Williams will play, but 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 I, again, asking him to single-handedly win this game, I think, might be a little bit too much, uh, given all of the players that are going to be down uh, on the SC side of the ball. So I would, uh, I'd be on the green wave here. If he doesn't play, Tulane has to be favored, right? I would, I would. Think so, or yeah, or pick. is this number already cooked with him? No, not see, that's I, what I, I don't get. See, I saw a lot of USC minus one, uh, which I thought kind of would that was the number before it was known if Williams was going to play, and he's kind of indicating that he will play. I mean, maybe the hamstring won't be healthy uh, in ten days' time, so maybe he wind up, wind up playing. But at the same time, um, I, I don't know if it matters here, man. Yeah, I, it's it's the question I've asked since since the number uh, came out, and it's a fascinating matchup. The problem is you're going to have to wait 
if if you're wondering about Williams, I think he's going to ride this thing out and obviously try and practice. And SC as as tight knit as there is uh, with Coach Riley in charge as far as information. So good yeah, luck exactly. trying to get that. Um, they could they could I could see this where they lead all inclinations that he's playing and then he doesn't come out the first snap. I was going to say, and uh, yeah, oh by the way, oh, oh, oh by the way, oh by the way, there he is in street clothes. Correct. Or, or, by, or by the way, he'll pro, he'll come out and warm up and then go and shoot. Yeah, he'll do, now, hey, has has a has a, a Lincoln Riley coach player ever ever done that before? Mm. CD Lamb. I've seen circumstances where that has happened. Yes, it has. Say that. All right. Also, one o'clock Eastern, ABC on January second, the Cheez It Citrus Bowl, also in Orlando. Obviously, plenty of covered LSU's. Uh, Plenty of this has been covered when yeah. you're looking at this matchup. LSU minus 14, total 56. I think it's a dead over game. Uh, just knowing the ideas of who's coming and playing for LSU and who's out and gone by always uh, means of, of getting out of, of games uh, and leaving school and portal and injuries and opt-out. Uh, Purdue, obviously, with all that. So, I don't think there's a lot to spend on here. I think no. it's, it's LSU. No, the the number the number where it is now is it, it's an unplayable game. If you got again, if you got the information beforehand and you're able to act on the number, that is well done by you. The only thing I would add is we saw this last year with Purdue in the ball game against Tennessee, where they had a bunch of opt outs, and Tennessee was I think bet up like a touchdown as well, and wound mm-hmm. up losing the game outright to Purdue. But uh, I don't. I think even Purdue knows what's coming. I mean, you bring in like Drew Brees is like a PR move to be this like assistant on the sideline. Mm-hmm. I, like I, I think I think they know that this is going to be a a long afternoon. That's a valid point. All right, five o'clock ESPN Rose Bowl, which leads into Bills Bengals Monday Night Football, which is something we don't get a lot, but uh, a great opportunity. Uh, for all those involved, massive game, by the way. Yeah, you're, in you're, the you're, jungle you're look, should you're, be. You're looking at one, uh, one seed uh, ramifications there. Mm-hmm. Chiefs, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs will be pulling hard for the Bengals. Utah is minus two and a half against Penn State, fifty-two. Utah, we know what happened last year, having a running back uh, get scorched by Smith and Jigba, and that will be the tape we see of him in the draft. Um, if he's happy with that, but Utah, I think is plenty motivated to get back and end this with a win, uh, knowing how close they were last year and knowing the underdog that they were. Whereas Penn state, I mean, you talk about off the radar and a top 11 team, two losses are, as you could predict Michigan, Ohio state. I, I just like the balance of Utah here. I know it feels like every, I can't believe it's only two and a half. That's kind of scary, but I feel like Utah – I mean, Penn State's just been laying in the weeds this whole time, and Utah's been playing big game after big game. So now you get rest, and now you get motivation back in, in knowing what's at stake and knowing how close you were, you're in familiar grounds. And is Penn State – I don't I don't think they're going to be, but like are they in awe of going back to the Rose Bowl knowing it's just – you know, they've been, you know, just running, running the rail uh, for how many weeks since that Ohio State game. So I'm interested to see what Penn State looks like uh, in this game, but I, I trust Utah more. Are we? Sh- I mean, how good is Penn State? 
That's I have no idea. That's the thing. Like I, I mean, they beat nobody all we, year. We made a. I mean, we had to hear about how big of a win it was going to Auburn and winning. Remember that? Yeah, and then you go on the road and you beat Purdue. I mean, is the Purdue the Purdue wins the best win of the year for them? Probably right. Mm. It gave that that poor four block. months ago. Yeah, <laughs> on a, on a on a Friday night at West Lafayette or whatever night, Thursday night, Friday night, whatever night it was, where, where Purdue couldn't run out the clock. Like, like I think Penn State's got a ton of talent, but is this is? I mean, they got opt outs too. They Porter did, Jr. I mean, not playing. Parker Washington um, not playing. Yeah. Like, like so, is this a deal where, like, do you just say who do you, who do you trust more? That you, you're Cam Rising and Kyle Winningham or uh, James Franklin and, and Sean Clifford? Like, is 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 that the handicap? <laughs> I, I just think about the idea and the image of both these head coaches, how different it is, where. If you're talking recruiting and social media and, you know, being out there in the limelight, it's Franklin. Oh, there's no one. Yeah, he's one of the best you know? in the country. It, yeah, promo- that's what I'm saying. But then when you talk about X's and O's, buzz. X's and O's and rolling your sleeves up and getting a win when you need a win, <laughs> you're taking the other guy. Yeah. It's just a, it's, it's just a cool matchup of, of both those things playing out here uh, in this matchup. So I, I trust Utah more on that one. And then Utah had that great winning streak under Winningham in ball games yeah. with those. They've lost what three at R now. Yeah. Yep. They did did they even were they able to still cover last year? Uh I believe they did get a late late cover, yes. I think yeah. It was either a late cover or a push uh in in that game. Because I had Ohio State. Like mm. and, and I can't remember if if they wound up covering I, I think it depended on the number that you got it at. All right. I'll ask you this. Is it good for the sport if Michigan and Ohio State play in the national championship? Is it good? That's a good question. Um, Thank you. Yes. Okay. It is. Because I, I think it's good for the sport because it will – I, I think it will be seen as good for the sport because there obviously is still a lot of SEC hate out there. It will be seen as good for the sport because the team that wins the national title title will not be coming from the SEC. And I mm-hmm. also think it's good for the sport in a sense that we can finally get rid of this idiotic mentality that you've got to, oh, conference championship matters. If you didn't win your conference, you shouldn't be in the playoff and you lost the final game on your home. Like, it's good to be, oh, okay, Ohio State, yeah, you know, you didn't you didn't win the conference title when you lost your final game on your home field. By the way, you went out and won the national championship, just like Alabama did uh, in 17, did, didn't make the SEC championship game, went on, came back and beat Georgia to win the national title. Like, the, idi- the idiocy of, oh, you've got to be a conference champ, I can't stand that. So yes, I think it I think it would be good as a as as a uh, as a good thing, and I think it will be good viewed as a good thing for those who are arguing for an expanded playoff that you do get teams like I just kind of railed upon the people that don't like it, but you, you do you are able now creating an opening for for teams that don't win a conference title to get into the new expanded playoff. So yes, I do think it will be seen as a good thing, would be seen as a good thing. 
All right. I just – talking about that game for a week, man. We talked about it for a year this whole season, and now we're going to talk about it ad nauseum for a whole well, week. Well, I, just, what, what, I was going to say, what, what's your opinion? It, see, it sounds like you don't think it would be a good thing. I don't. I don't. But I will say this, and I'm totally contradicting myself. I was in New Orleans this year. It's your pod. It has your name on it. You're allowed to contradict yourself. I was at Duke Carolina this year in the Final Four, and I trying to I'm trying to promise like I'm a Duke guy, and it lived up to like it was massive. It was as big as a a feeling in the building mm-hmm. for a neutral site tournament game. That I, I've ever was, seen. It was a hell of a game, man. And and like like I said, you talk about living up to it. And I I don't think it's a good thing for the sport because I like when out of con- when you get a championship where um you know two conferences the conferences are, are different. But then you go back and like being in I was in Lawrence, Kansas this week, and Danny Manning and and that team beating Oklahoma to win a national championship. And then I just think about like. All the, how long this month has been if Ohio State were ever to get back and like for those two teams it would be incredible because you talk about putting the ultimate stamp on your rival and your hated person like that is just a lot there's a lot in there that would that would be at stake so in those regards yeah but I don't like how the Big Ten's just totally gone and taken our Pac-12 teams too so um, <laughs> there's that side of things by, by the like way- there's a lot there's a lot but I and also too if this isn't the most typical us way to end a pod about talking about a matchup that might not even happen <laughs> that's us it's funny that too is us. you talk about and you hit on it before you got UCLA getting that kid from the quarterback from Detroit I mean, mm-hmm. is that a product now of UCLA going to the Big Ten and no doubt and they're being able? Hey, you know what? You, you can stay, you can come to UCLA, and you know what? Yeah, your friends and family in the Midwest, in Michigan, Michigan State, and uh, they're going to see you play. So, like, mm-hmm. that's a it, it opened up a whole new uh, avenue. It appears for for UCLA recruiting. It looks like. All right, let's uh, let's do the Big Mike Happy recap, and then we'll Uh-oh. get some parting words. Yeah. Big Mike Happy Recap. Big Mike Happy Recap. Uh, I'm going to go Air Force plus the points still, even though I got it at seven. I'm going to take Wake Forest, Lamb, or no, they're they're given one. Uh, Duke, I'm going to take. UCLA, I'm going to take with knowing the status of their players. I'm going to take Notre Dame, and I'm going to take NC State. All right. I, I hate going against the steamer. But I put UL Lafayette in the column, so I had to be. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be holding holding myself to the high standards that we we have here on Stanford Steve in the Bear Pod. If I did not just say I had UL Lafayette in the column, I'm gonna have UL Lafayette plus the seven. And uh, if I lose and, and and the schema wins, that's totally fine. So UL Lafayette plus the seven. I took Middle Tennessee plus the seven in the column as well. So that's there. Uh, Georgia Southern minus three and a half. I will take, uh, they're in the column as well, so I'll take them. I will take East Carolina minus the seven and a half. I will take Kansas plus three. I will take Oregon minus 14 and a half. I will take Ole Miss minus three and a half. 
Uh, I'll look for that Syracuse team total under whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what, what what that will be. And Tulane plus two and a half. I'll take Tulane plus two and a half. Okay. All right. So that's a lot, actually. Who plays for the national championship? I, I think it'll be Georgia-Michigan again, and I think the same problems that Georgia presented to Michigan last year, uh, they're going to present themselves again this year. The one thing that could be a little bit different was what we talked about earlier on the pod about uh, McCarthy, his ability with, with his legs to make some plays. Does that present more of a challenge now for a more inexperienced Georgia defense uh, this time around? But, I mean, Georgia's favorite for a reason. Uh, they've got the best players, the best team. And, uh, and you're not going to look like a fool for picking the favorite. Yeah. And you obviously think Ohio State has a better chance of pulling the upset than TCU. Yes, I do. Okay. We're in agreement there. We are in agreement. Okay, but good. all fans will talk about us hating the <laughs> teams because we didn't pick them. Correct. All right. Before we give you the floor here, I just want to say to you, thank you. Thank you for everything. Um, <laughs> it's been a long run, man, a long run. And, uh, <laughs> being a little guy on the college game day radio show, you, uh, you let us in that room and that's, <laughs> that is as intimidating a room as you could ever walk into with Fowler and Herb Street and fitting and, Pollock and Dez, like that is as intimidating as it gets. And for you to say, come on in, get yourself something when we're traveling on the road together, um, that meant the world. And uh, sorry, I'm getting emotional. I was going to say, you're going to make me too really, now. It really, it really did because, like I said, it was, I was a little guy and uh, to be able to go in there meant the world to me. And that's, that was you. Welcoming me in, and um, to be able to do this with you for this long, uh, two producers, yeah. getting in front of cameras, exactly. getting in front of microphones. Two, two, two ball guys. <laughs> yeah, not the prettiest. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with how long it took to get there. <laughs> but um, I honestly, I just I want to say thank you because um, it was a huge, not a hurdle, but it was just a huge step to, to go in there and, and be with you, man. Um, no, it, it, and I say good luck to you. Gonna miss you. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah sure. absolutely. As I said oh, no. to a lot of people, um, all I am, all because I'm leaving. The good thing is that the friendships and the relationships that uh, we've mm-hmm. made and the ball, the the the, the ball breaking, uh, text <laughs> chains and stuff aren't going anywhere. I'm just gonna be in a uh, in a different spot. And uh, it, it's interesting as as I think back and like when I was going through the decision-making process and weighing out the uh, the pros and the cons and the yays and the nays. I, I, this, I mean, obviously game day is game day, and that's yeah. what I've been in park for 27 years, but uh, there is a large part of me that this is what I'm going to miss the most because this is just two guys who love love football and, and love having fun and love breaking each other's chops and pressing each other's buttons and, and having fun and, kind of like this is what i'm going to miss the most and uh hopefully there'll be an opportunity maybe in the future we can kind of hop on each other and i'm assuming i'm going to have a pod over there i'm assuming you're still going to have a pod here we can we can hop on and bust each other's chops every now and then as well but you made it a 
you made it super easy, man. So uh, I, I appreciate you uh, hanging with me more than more than you know. And I, I guess we got uh, look look what Nolan created, man. He called me a couple of I weeks know. ago and, and and was like, dude. And I'm like, yeah, but but seriously, that was, I mean, no doubt. you kind of, work, you, you, kinda, you, you think back and you're like, it, it was him just kind of like, like, we need to marry you two together because you two guys get it and you are what people want to hear and, and, and listen to and entertain people. So, uh, uh, that, that, that kind of worked out for us. And, and you, and one of the best texts, uh, that I got was from, uh, I mean, there are, there are, there look, there are people who reached out to me on Twitter and Facebook that I haven't even had an opportunity to like <laughs> scroll through yet. Like it literally took me through the weekend just to get back to like the, the DMs and the texts and the emails that I got. But, uh, but Hembo sent me a, uh, probably the best text that I got. And it, it just kind of, it was just kind of like, kind of like what you said, like, thank you for what you've done, your path and the road you've created. Is no giving people an opportunity to seek out and live their dream job. I mean, all and I, and I've said to people that all I am is I, I'm all I am is a normal dude. I'm a sports fan who just was lucky as hell to be sitting on a desk with with a platform with those guys on game day and a podcast with you and Daily Wager with with everyone there. So I mean, for 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 27 years, man, on that show, like I, I mean, it was ne- it was never a job. It was. Uh, yeah. It was one hell of a run and it was, it's still kind of surreal, uh, to be leaving, but, um, and it was just an opportunity that uh, being able to work on some, some different things. And I'd be naive to say if it, there wasn't other compensation and financial things that were a little bit different there, but, uh, it was a, uh, even given that it was a much harder decision th- than you would think to go from, uh, the comfort and the stability and the safeness and the relationships of everything that I have here to kind of uh, taking taking a leap to the great unknown. But at the same time, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? For 27 years, I put uh, game day and everything here first and foremost in my life. Often, maybe not to my own benefit, and it could have been to my detriment at times, and wasn't the best thing for me, but I did it anyway because I, it was all I've ever known. And now I was in an opportunity to, to kind of do something for myself. And look, someone my age, I, I, to have an opportunity to kind of do something new and take a different mm-hmm. career path and kind of reinvent themselves a little bit, it doesn't happen often. So that, that was also a, uh, a factor in going to, but I am, uh, I am going to miss this. And uh, everyone who's worked behind the scenes on this, Pod too, uh, producers past and present, and Chad and everyone in, in, in radio and audio has made it happen. Uh, thank you. You've given us a platform, and uh, and, and I'm hoping that uh, you, you carry the torch and, uh, and take it on. We'll get it done. I just want to say it to all the people that keep not being able to get it through their heads, and I've said <laughs> this on the radio show, the bear is not A-Rod. He can't work for Fox and ESPN. I know. There's only one. There's only one A Rod, and that's why this pod is going to have to come to an end with these two names on it. Uh, moving forward, obviously, uh, I'm sure there's going to be something to come out of it on this end. But that's it. Just it doesn't work like that. So that's why uh, this is coming to an end. But um, it's been an unbelievable ride, like you said, Chad, giving us the chance, and then. 
us making them opportunity. But again, it wouldn't be anything if you guys weren't out there. Uh, like totally. I said, I keep exactly. I was I was in Lawrence this week. I mean, the amount of people. I think it was even that said, love the pod, or hey, if you need a fill-in, I could fill in for the bear on your pod. Uh, <laughs> so that was refreshing, but it's it's like, we whatever the sayings are out there, D-Gen Nation, Gambling Twitter, yep. whatever, like you guys have been as loyal as there is, and I try and answer as many questions as there are, um, but you know, we're like I said, we're we're sitting here trying to pick winners, helping you guys out, and it's been cool around the holidays to hear from people who have benefited from yeah. those. And and you going out uh twenty plus games over five hundred, I think solidifies everything people need to know about you and what you bring to the table. And uh we were we were real lucky to get this. Yeah, we were. But um Fox is pretty darn lucky to get you, bud. Yeah, I'm I'm I I, I dude, I, I appreciate that and uh, there's some people there who have, who have reached out and we uh, are really happy about being able to have the opportunity to do some things which is great it's funny you're talking about all the the the, G, the dj by the way dj nation we're now four for four in the gulf stream uh, early pick five that's the five has just gotten home at eight to one which is a massive price so we're going to be we're, we're going to be alive for some uh for some coin here in the final leg if we can get someone on. But you were talking about everyone that reached out. My mother-in-law sent me a text that the handyman in her apartment is had tears in his eyes when he saw the show and saw that that I was leaving because he's worried about what I'm going to be doing at Fox and uh, are you going to be doing the same things and you're not going to have the pot anymore. So it's hysterical where (laughs) – I say hysterical, but in a good way that like, so many it people is. care and the, the number of people that you reach and, and, and sitting on a, sitting on a, on a couch in South Africa with on vacation with my wife and someone like say, yells out bear because they think it's me. And then like the guy, the guy's wife like punch. I told you so it was him. So it, it's just bizarre. Like you just like the people who. Who you, you come across with that 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 listen and love the pod and love the sport and love the show like and what you what you do with Scott and what, what I do on game day it's just it's just freaking awesome so uh, yeah, yeah it, it's 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 gotta be missed but um, we're gonna uh, we're, we're we're gonna move on and we're gonna try and capture some of the uh, the best stuff we did here with some maybe some new stuff over there and uh, we'll. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll 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 do we'll do our we'll do our best. That's for sure. Absolutely. All right. That'll do it for the last time. Bear, take us away. Unless you bet, you more lose when you win. You can listen to follow the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, don't miss more from Stanford Steve on ESPN Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt, and check out the Bear on College Game Day on ESPN.